Welcome to the book club where the size is just right, the books aren't too long, and you never need to host. That's our job. We bring best-selling and award-winning writers of every genre to Twin Cities metro area libraries to share their stories, discuss their work, and answer those burning questions you've always wanted to ask your favorite authors. This is a book club where we don't have to argue about what the author meant. They can tell us. The book club that doesn't require a clean house or wine and cheese. And in this book club, if you haven't read the book, it's all right. Although, we hope you'll be inspired to pick it up next time you're in the library. I'm your host, Slade Kemet, and you can consider the book club rewritten, because this is Club Book. This season consists of both in-person library events as well as virtual facilitated author discussions by some really great guest hosts. That will include a Q&A section with questions submitted by our virtual audience. So with that, I will turn it over to our host for this evening's event. Enjoy. Welcome to Club Book with Allie Hazelwood. My name is Zoe Jackson. I'm a reporter and book talker here in the Twin Cities. Before I introduce tonight's guest properly, allow me a moment to tell you a bit more about the unique series that is bringing her to us. Club Book is a program of MELSA, the Metropolitan Library Service Agency, made possible through Minnesota's Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and coordinated by Library Strategies, part of the Friends of the St. Paul Public Library. Carver County Library is the co-organizer of this evening's talk. Thanks also to partnering bookseller Red Balloon Bookshop, and now for our featured event, Ali Hazelwood holds a doctorate in neuroscience and a faculty position at a prestigious university. She also moonlights as one of the most popular romance authors writing today. Hazelwood's distinctive brand centers on women in STEM fields and academia. She burst onto the literary scene in 2021 with The Love Hypothesis. Fellow romance writer Christina Lauren calls Hazelwood's debut Contemporary Romance's Unicorn, the elusive marriage of deeply brainy and delightfully escapist. The Love Hypothesis has already been optioned for a screen treatment. Hazelwood's next release, Love on the Brain, became an instant New York Times bestseller, Indie Next Pick, and number one library read selection. In a starred review, Booklist praise snappy dialogue with witty zingers makes this tender enemies to lovers story set at NASA an unforgettable follow-up. Hazelwood's latest book, Love to Love You, collects three feminist novellas released separately in 2022, Under One Roof, Stuck With You, and Below Zero. After some initial questions for me, we'll have plenty of time for audience Q&A. Simply drop your questions in the comments thread here on Facebook, and our tech manager will get them to me. If you prefer to contribute a question in a more anonymous way, you can send a private message to Club Book here on Facebook, or send an email to clubbookmn at gmail.com. Hi, Ali. How are you doing tonight? Hi, Zoe. <laughs> that was a mouthful. <laughs> that was the best intro ever. I'll just say about me personally, like, I remember hanging out with some of my friends in 2021 when one of my friends just, like, burst out of her room. She's like, I just read The Love Hypothesis. And she was like, you have to stop what you're doing and read this book, basically. And I did. And I loved it. Um, and I was just wondering if you were kind of expecting you know, your first book to create such a like visceral earth shattering reaction among so many people like online. No, I mean, not at all. I, um, I think we were all really surprised. Uh, um, like, 
both me and my editor and my agent and like just generally we, we we had no idea it was a combination of factors that made it um kind of explode from the beginning i think the biggest one was that it was a book of the month pick and book of the month is you know this uh, monthly um subscription box where you know there are a bunch a bunch of books that you can choose and they send you home hardcovers and uh, um so it was a book of the month pick and uh, so a lot of uh you know, a lot of people uh, on on book talk, a lot of influencers kind of uh, had access to it pretty pretty early, and they were you know they were so sweet on book talk about it, and they were talking about like you know the book and uh, what things that they liked, and so they kind of promoted the book a ton, and uh, um, I think none of us expected that you know. Absolutely, and do you feel like the kind of romance resurgence that I feel like a lot of people have kind of talked about in relation to the pandemic has had like an impact on that as well? Oh, 100%. I think, um, I think it was such a sad period and everyone wanted to have something happy to look forward to. And also just to know that there were stories that had a beautiful, happy ending. Um, I mean, I love thrillers, uh, but sometimes... <laughs> You just want to know that the person is not going to die in the end, you know, like you just want to know that these people are going to be very happy. And uh, that's kind of what, uh, what that, that's the reason I think why romance was, got so big in, in those times. And not, not to say that it wasn't, I also would say that there were very big rom-com authors before the pandemic who kind of started this trend of like, you know, uh, I don't know, like they had very big popular books uh, i'm thinking of uh, helen huang jasmine gillory um and uh, um sally thorne for sure and they are my favorite i love them uh and i think they were like writing these books that kind of uh, yeah they they just you know they were already solding they were they were already selling a lot and then uh, we kind of um the pandemic like built on top of that you know i think i don't know i'm not a market analyst i this is just stuff that i think about <laughs> no totally it's like i want something that is going to guarantee me some joy <laughs> so that's amazing and you mentioned some of your like favorite romance authors did you like read romance like growing up oh yeah 100 i i started way too early I should not have been German novels, um, but I was. I was like stealing Harlequins and uh, you know those like silhouette desire, literally <laughs> the super small category romance. I was stealing them from my grandmother, from my sister, um, and I should not have been. I I was reading uh, like Rosemary Rogers and Johanna Lindsay, um, and uh, I loved every second of it. Um, so yeah, I like I I personally I was a big romance fan. I I think I became obsessed with romance um in the early 2010s because that was like the new adult resurgence and uh, um so that you had like a lot of stories set in college and stuff and I ate that up. I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. I, I feel like my whole like stealing them from your family members is like classic like that was me it's like everybody I know 
<laughs> I know it's it's how we are like inducted in the <laughs> in the uh romance world I think <laughs> do you feel like you know growing up it was more like not like secretive but like something like people didn't like like talk about all the romance books they're reading or like pass them off to like all their friends obviously there wasn't as much social media but I mean I feel like it's completely different of like oh my gosh we're passing this like adult romance <laughs> around a friend group I mean can you talk a little bit about that yeah I mean I can tell you for sure that I was embarrassed to be reading romance while, while I was growing up and like now I am ashamed and embarrassed that I was embarrassed at the time <laughs> but like at the time I definitely felt like uh, I don't know I think I I felt like uh, it was something shameful that I had to hide um and uh, so um it's it's I don't know what changed honestly like I mean I know what changed for me like for me the biggest uh the biggest turning point in like becoming very open about loving romance novels was uh, that I um, began writing fan fiction and being active within fan fiction communities. And basically I sort of got to the, the, to the mindset that it's okay to enjoy what you enjoy. And uh, there are other people out there who enjoy the same things you enjoy very likely. And that, um, you know, and that it's okay to embrace it and uh, and just like be proud of it. Uh, in terms of why it got like so open, like for other people, because it's true, like Book Talk is so proud of, you know, loving smutty stuff. And I don't know, I wonder if it's a generational thing. Like, uh, um, I, I truly have no idea what happened and why this switch happened, but I love it. And I, I think it's amazing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just generally, there should be more acceptance in the, in the world, like, as in let people enjoy what they enjoy. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about like, you know, bigger things, but you know, you're not doing anything bad by reading tentacle porn. And, um, and so we should embrace that, you know? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I'm so appreciative of that too, of this this place where, you know, everybody kind of enjoys this genre together. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and I know you mentioned you write fan fiction, but like when you're writing, you know, your novels, like do you write every day? Like how do you kind of balance your writing with like your day job and, and that kind of thing? Um, so I actually quit my day job uh, uh, last year. I I couldn't keep up with things, and uh, so what what ended up happening was that I I just kind of um, yeah I I finished up. I was a professor. I finished up the semester, um, and uh, and then now I'm writing full time. Um, I have to say that before, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's so much less stressful than it used to be. <laughs> Um, before I was, uh, um, yeah, so before I would write a lot at night, I would write in like scraps of time. Um, I would write a lot, like, uh, I don't know if I had office hours and I was waiting for students to come in, I would just, you know, write a couple hundred words. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so there was a lot of kind of like stealing little snippets of time to be able to, you know, make a deadline or, you know, before, even before then, before I was writing professionally, even when I was writing fan fiction, you know, fan fiction is such a labor of love and of passion. And I just kind of had these stories that I needed to tell. And so uh, I was literally writing, you know, at 1 a.m. because I had to. <laughs> um, now that it's a job, I have to say, I it, it's much less... <laughs> it's it's much more oh crap I'm late for my deadline <laughs> that I have to say that right so funny congratulations to you full-time writing is amazing <laughs> it's, it's such a dream come true and you know I might I might just end up going back to my job but, but it's just nice nice to try for like a little bit you know yeah, totally what keeps you inspired when you're when you're writing um, a lot of things. Uh, I think for me, the biggest inspiration, like my biggest ideas come when either I read a book or I watch a show or I watch a movie or I have a conversation with someone and something kind of tickles me and I decide that I want to explore that a little bit more. Um and that's usually when I start kind of uh, uh, trying to plot something, you know, or like trying to, that, that's usually when I have this moment of, mm, wouldn't it be nice if there was a story that kind of echoes that or that, you know, has something to do with that. And and that is a lot of fun for me. I guess maybe it's my fan fiction origins. Like I, I always, usually I steal a little bit from something and then like I build a word around it. Um, yeah. th that definitely is a big uh, source of inspiration for me. There's only 100 stories or whatever they say, right? <laughs> we talked a little bit about fan fiction, a little bit about, you know, adult romances. Your first, you know, YA novels coming out this year. That's so exciting. Uh, and like, what kind of made you want to take a leap into the YA realm? So I have to say... I didn't necessarily want to write a YA, uh, but I had this story in my head and I had been thinking about writing a story set in chess since like the first notes that I found about Check and Mate were from 2018. So from a long, long time ago. And uh, what ended up happening was that the more I brainstormed this story that I had in my head, the more I realized that the characters had to be young-ish to make sense. This this mostly has to do with the fact that um, the chess world is a pretty um, young world. Like you would be surprised by how young, uh, or I mean, I don't know if you would be surprised, but like. <laughs> I was surprised when I first found out at how young uh, chess champions are. So it's it's very much a young game, a, a young yeah, a young game because they it requires a lot more 
physical and mental stamina that you that I would have thought. And so it kind of made sense for them to be for the main characters to be young. And and that's kind of how it became a YA. Like I remember going to my agent and telling her my idea. I was like, so this is the idea. I think the characters would be 18 and 20. And she was like, I think we should frame it as a YA. I think it's better. Um, and uh, um it's also very much, I mean, it's definitely a love story. I, I write romance usually, and it's definitely a love story. And the love story is 100% the focus of uh, the book. But I think there is way more, like for several, it has more emphasis also on the main character, Mallory, growing in her own self and, you know, learning that, learning to accept her, her talent her love for chess, her family, um, you know, there's a lot of like personal stuff going on in her life. And um, it's very much uh, like, it is a romance, but it's also kind of like borderline kind of this, you know, coming of age story. Basically, there were a lot of considerations that we made. And then we were like, you know what, let's just frame it as a YA. So I have to say, definitely the story came first. And then we decided maybe the YA is better, uh, the YA market is better for this. Wait, I'm so excited. I, I, me too. It's my favorite book that I have ever read. <laughs> I, I just feel like, um, I know I have another book coming out before that one, but I'm like, can we just skip to the YA? <laughs> <laughs> You're making me so excited. I feel like chess is having such a cool resurgence right now too. And I don't know if you watched the Queen's Gambit, but I was obsessed. I was like, I I was in love and it was amazing. So um, I, I know, I feel like more and more people are starting to play chess too. So that's just lovely, I think. Everyone I know has the like chess app too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. One of my favorite chess apps is like the Magnus app. So Magnus Carlsen is uh, uh, the biggest, well, the best chess player in the world for the past, you know, decade or so. And he's, he's again, a very young man. I think he just turned 30-ish or something or well, something like that. Well, maybe, maybe 30, 30 something, but um, he has this app where you can, you can try to play against Magnus at, at different ages. And uh, Magnus at age like five has beaten me like 40 times. And I'm like, this is this is upsetting. Stop this. Wait, I have to try it. I'm gonna do so bad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so like uh, humbling. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> Thank you for the recommendation. I promise I do not make uh, money off of Magnus Carson's app. I wish, but I don't. <laughs> um, let's see. We have some amazing audience questions too. And the first one that's come into the chat is, this person says, you've written about aerospace, environmental, and civil engineers and more. If you weren't trained in neuroscience, what STEM field would call to you the most and why? Good question. It's it's a really good question. Um, I actually have to say that in, uh, um, 
in the couple of years uh, before I quit my job, like before I started publishing, I was uh, having my like crisis. Like, did I do everything wrong? Should I have done something else? And which I have one of those like every every other year usually. <laughs> At that time, I was like, I should have just gone into data science because I definitely enjoy the statistical analysis part of uh, um i guess of writing um of, of like analyzing a data set exploring a data set trying to like see what the data tells you um a lot of i don't know like for me it was it was the most exciting part and then you know you have to write the paper and you have to teach the stuff to other people but i guess what i liked the most was always the like just being me on my computer and analyzing stuff and trying to pull a story out of the data so definitely i would i think i would try to be as much as i can in like a data data science adjacent job um uh, which I guess, uh, you, you know, something like a statistician or a biostatistician, I guess. Cool. <laughs> um, I wish I knew more about data. It's always like, I'm a reporter, it's my day job. And people are always like, journalists don't like math and data. Like, that's why we write. And then like other people are like, no, journalists are, like should know data. Like, all this stuff so I'm always trying to learn but I'm struggling like journalists though <laughs> I mean you guys could report what you know the experts tell you and stuff so I think people should leave you alone <laughs> yeah makes you more marketable to know the data though so right know. <laughs> yeah yeah I can't imagine I I feel like and and the job market right now is like the more things like everyone I feel like everyone expects you to be able to be able to do everything at all times uh, and it's scary. Do everything at your day job and then also have a side hustle. <laughs> of course, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, um, let's see. Another question from a audience member. Um, I'm a unapologetic lover of romance tropes, roommates, enemies to lovers, miscommunication, and so on. Ali Hazelwood, you have the best. <laughs> what tropes are your personal favorites? Oh my God. Okay. So, well, thank you. Um, so my favorite trope, uh, I mean, I have uh, many. I love uh, marriage of convenience and like... Okay, so I love enemies to lovers, but a specific brand of enemies to lovers were like, <laughs> this is gonna sound complicated. It's a specific trope. It's like, I love it when they are fated mates. So they are like destined to be together, but also they are on opposite sides of, you know, I don't know, a war or something or a magic thing. And uh, that is just truly uh, my catnip. I will read whatever story. <laughs> That's like such a perfect like fan fiction trope too. It's like it's just like the most niche down possible. Yes. <laughs> that is so true. It's like basically an AO3 tag. It's <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to think of like a real book that's like <laughs> I've got you. I've got you. But it's not out yet. Oh. But okay, I actually want to recommend to everyone Thea Guanzon's um uh, the Hurricane Wars. It's uh, uh, it's going to be out in, 
I want to say October 3rd in October. It's a fantasy book. It has ex- these exact, tro- exact tropes. I think Thea wrote it for me personally, um, even though she wrote it before she met me, but I think she knew deep down. <laughs> and uh, um, and it's also, um, she, she lives in the Philippines. And so it's uh, this like amazing, uh, uh, like very vivid descriptions. Like the, the magic the magic system is uh, set in, in the, uh, in like it's based and inspired by Southeast Asia amazing um like once again the hurricane wars uh pre-order it <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh that's such a good right thank you oh my god it's so good it's so good you should ask for an arc i bet you will get it it's amazing <laughs> sorry i will I intercede for you <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's so fun to like ask your favorite writers like what they like to read or like what you've been reading so and someone asked that too so i'm gonna ask now but like what else have you been reading lately that you've uh, enjoyed okay so I'm actually in New York for a publishing event right now and um, I'm gonna be at this publishing event with other two authors and so I got arcs of their books and you know when you're like I have the best job in the world because I got to read these books early so um, well I'm gonna tell you actually the last three books I read were all young adults the first one was the name drop by Susan Lee. Um, it's uh, um, Susan Lee is this uh, Korean American writer who writes stuff that is very kind of inspired by K drama, Korean drama. I, I, I love K drama. I am like truly, I love it. And the name drop is this basically kind of like uh, uh, um, switching places. Uh, uh, missed identities kind of young adult uh, in which two people who are like one is like this guy like this very rich young boy kind of switches places with this more working class young girl and then as they are in cahoots to like maintain this switch they fall in love love that that was amazing I I adored it and then the other book that I I read was actually was by J.L. And uh, the book is called uh, The House of Marion. I hope I am pronouncing it right. I, um, but it's, uh, I adored it. So it's uh, uh, this uh, story about a girl who has this kind of very dark magic inside her. And she ends up at this kind of like magic boarding school to, to you know, uh, learn how to control it. Um, and uh, it just uh, again the the descriptions are so lush uh, and uh, it's uh, just this truly fantastic uh, writer and this tr- truly fantastic story. But as a romance lover, I have to tell you that the love story is truly amazing because she has this dark magic and the person that she's slowly falling, but she hides her dark magic. The person she's falling in love with is someone who is a trained assassin who is supposed to kill people with her magic. So I was like, this is amazing. When I, when I realized where this story was going, I was like, this book was also written for me, even though I have never met the author. She must have done it for me. So that's another amazing book. I highly recommend it. Um, again, I'm I'm very sorry because all of these books are arcs and are not going to be out for a while. Um, I promise I'm not trying to be a tease. It's just that I only, <laughs> I mostly read arcs. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, um, it's 
give us all to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. And you can also pre-order them. Um, and uh, um, yeah, I, I know. I, I feel like whenever someone has an arc that I don't have and they talk about how good the book is, I'm like, I I have this, oh my God, I want, I want it. I want it right now. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Um, and the one that I'm actually reading right now and loving is called Thieves Gambit uh, by Kevin Lewis. I hope I am pronouncing the name right. And she, th this is another YA about basically, it's kind of like Ocean's Eleven, but it's uh, a book about a thieves competition and it's fun. It's, it's so good. Uh, I haven't finished yet though. Uh, so um, it could it's possible that they will die in the end, and I would be sad. No, I I don't think it will happen. <laughs> anyway, that I'm I'm having so much fun. Um, so yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, oh my gosh, that's perfect. I love a look into your current reads. That's so funny. If and if you if you want me to like write you down the the names of the books later to write down in the comments or something, I'm happy to do that. I yeah, that would be awesome if you have a second. Oh. <laughs> and you know moving back to your work uh okay <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll come back to other things okay <laughs> but your novellas I mean oh my gosh that was so fun when they were all released separately and then it's awesome that they're you know in one book together now um a reader asked you know if you originally uh conceptualize these three as one book or if that came later and folks asked about you know their friendship and how they're all kind of connected and and that part of it as well so I'm going to be honest um these novellas are basically like they, could, they, they almost happened by accident so this is what happened I wrote like pitches for the novellas like sometimes in publishing is something I didn't know you write a proposal for something that you haven't written yet and sometimes you know um a, a publisher or an editor would want to pick it up and then you write it after they buy it and my uh agent at the time had a contact with I think Audible and they were looking for very short stories that they would you know that, that would be just just in audio basically and uh, I you know I wrote the the pitch for these three stories and you know it was they're gonna be very short like about five to ten thousand words and they were gonna be about like these three friends and you know like something very quick and then I don't know what happened but like my my Berkeley my uh my publisher decided that they wanted to buy it and that's when the novellas became much longer and the whole like backstory became way more um involved um I I I wasn't sure that they were going to be um, in print to get all of them. Like what I was told at the beginning is if they sell well enough, uh, maybe we'll we'll put them in print. Uh, but I always kind of, I wanted them to be, to stand alone. So you, you, you can read one, you know, if you want a specific trope or you can read the roommate one without having to, you know, read the others. But I like the idea of there being like some kind of overarching, um, you know, friendship and something that, you know, tied the girls. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess I would say I didn't know that <laughs> it would be published, but I um, I liked to see them as interconnected from the very start. Yeah. Okay, that's so cool to know. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, was, it was a journey. 
<laughs> Do you have a character that you feel like you connect with the most or that like reminds you the most of yourself? Uh, it's so hard. Um, I think I put little traces of myself, you know, of my characters. Uh, mm. um, but then I also like expand them and like make them more of a big deal than than like you know you know we take our flaws and our you know nice qualities and we I I would say dramatize them a little bit when we write at least that's what I do Uh, so it's hard to pick one character um, that I think is is most like myself I feel like I feel like even when my characters, uh, I I know I write very anxious characters, but I am way more anxious than they actually are. So there's that. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's hard to pick one, but I would I would say a little bit of me in all of them. Good to know. <laughs> um, another audience member asked about the novellas. Um, what kind of went into the decision-making of like the order that they were in? And this person said their book club, people read them in different orders and they feel like maybe that kind of influenced like how they felt about it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Like, I think, I think I thought of them in that order for the first time. And then I never again considered changing. <laughs> I think that was probably what happened. Um, looking at it, probably it's because I, I would definitely think, uh, looking back, I probably wanted to end with the uh, uh, with below zero just because it's the one that's a little bit more dramatic and it's it was the one that offered the, the most uh, uh, opportunities for like a reunion to have all the three girls uh, in one place. And uh, I kind of wanted a scene like that. Um, but yeah, thinking about it, the first and the second could have been swapped uh, and I don't think there would have been any difference. Um, um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, like you write a thing in one way and then you never I consider it. Um, that was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was meant to be. <laughs> yes, maybe it was perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, do you, another audience member kind of asked if you've gained any like famous fans since you've like blown up? <laughs> and, like, um, what do you think about that? Like, do you, are there people who you're like, wow, they're reading my writing? <laughs> Um, well, I don't think she's a fan, but, um, my, my second book was also a pick for book of the month and, uh, uh, they sometimes get like, um, stars to write recommendations and they got, um, Hannah, Hannah Simone. She plays Cece in, uh, in, in New Girl. And Uh I was, first of all. I didn't know that. Like, I only found out like a week after the fact. And then, uh, because my ex-publicist uh, from my publisher, who now works elsewhere, like, messaged me was like, oh my God, I love New Girl. And I'm like, 
I love New York too, but like I didn't understand the concept. And she's like, oh, but like, did you see that Hannah Simone wrote your recommendation? I was like, what? And that was like, that was truly, I, I think that was my uh, most adjacent uh, moment to, <laughs> to a celebrity reading my book. But I have to say, as a big, I'm a big reader. So for me, like authors are kind of celebrities or something. And like, I got like to talk and chat and like sometimes even become friends with authors whose books I have been reading for decades. Um, like last month, I did an event with Sherry Thomas, who is a historical romance author, but you, you also might know her for, from the Lady Sherlock series. So it's basically this reimagining of uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes as Charlotte Holmes um set in the Victorian period it's like she was always like I was reading her books when I was in college and she, like I was reading them rereading them memorizing them and I got to do an event with her and I'm like this is my life like it's I was so happy and Sherry was so lovely um so and like I don't know like Christina and Lauren from Christina Lauren you know they're two people but like we hang out sometimes and I'm like whoa this is amazing like this is these are these people that I deeply admire and they turn out not to just be great writers but they're like really lovely people to talk to and I I just it's mind-boggling to me I I cannot get over it um so I don't I wouldn't say they're my fans but I guess I got like I I, I ended up becoming friends with this uh, people that I've been uh, obsessed with for years and I'm like Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, <cool. laughs> that's amazing you know aside from you know making friends <laughs> what do you love or what do you enjoy the most about like writing rom-com um, <laughs> you know it's a good question I love writing sex scenes I know like a lot of people say oh it's embarrassing and then your editor edits them and it's so weird and I'm like nope I am here for it <laughs> I think it's probably my fan fiction background of like the more unhinged the better um so I do love that um I I really like my favorite part is definitely like drafting, like the first rough draft when you're still getting to know the characters and you're still like even getting to know the story. I mean, you have your outline, but like what happens, you know? Um, uh, it's like my outlines never, never last. <laughs> Somehow they always end up changed. So that that's kind of like the most fun part to me maybe because it, it resembles so much how I started with writing you know like I was you know originally I was there for fan fiction and fan fiction was it, it's very much a first drafty type kind of process <laughs> um so that's that's definitely my favorite part I I also really enjoy um the back and forth with my editor and my agent generally I uh you know they either give me feedback or you know sometimes they're like I think if you did this the story would be better and I just you know I value them so much they're they're amazing I I like them as people aside from you know um as uh, um I guess you know 
people to work with. Like I, I like them as, you know, friends, I guess. So um, my author and my agent, they're, you know, Sarah Blumenstock is my editor and uh, my agent is Taole. And I, I just really like the collaboration between us. Um, I think uh, it, it, it makes my work better. Um, so yeah, I guess these are my, my favorite things. They're your friends and you're like beta readers. <laughs> okay, but like I also have my very close friend, Jen, shout out to my friend, Jen, um, who reads, she's the one who reads everything I write for her first. And she catches some stuff that I'm like, I am so sorry that you have to read this mess. <laughs> The sex scene in which he has four hands. I am so, so sorry. I did not mean to do that. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I also feel like it's such a sign of your talent that you're like, I love the first draft. Like, I feel like the first draft is so scary and like daunting to so many people. But that's you know, it's it's the same for me, I have to say. But um, I was doing an event with um uh. I think you with Ali Brady, um, they wrote The Beast Trap, another another book that I highly recommend, especially if you like women fiction, um, and especially if you like stories about sisters who maybe are not getting along at the beginning, but like grow to love each other. This is what was the I love this book. But anyway, I was I was doing an event with them, and uh, I think it was Ali um who said uh, I think that like the, the the most important thing that I have learned is that the only thing a first draft has to do is exist. And I like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And now that I know it, I, I, it's almost, I'm almost more relaxed. Like I, I repeat it to myself when I'm like, I, I don't like this thing that I'm writing yet, but like I repeat it to myself and I'm like, okay, well, there's going to be a second draft and a third draft and a fourth draft. There's going to be like a 10th draft probably. Um, so it's okay if it's bad. And and that really helps me ease all the anxiety that I have in me. That's a lot of anxiety. So. Yeah, I love them. It's, isn't it? Is, aren't they so wise? I, I love them. <laughs> Was it scary to like go from you know, being a prolific fan fiction author to being a traditionally published author? It's terrifying. It was, ter it, it was a lot of adjustment for me last year, just generally like, um, you know, I have always been not just, because in, here's what it was like as a fan fiction reader and writer. Like I, like the fan fiction community is very kind of sweet and supportive. So you, you really only get like positive reviews to your writing. <laughs> and that's not the case um, with traditional publishing and that, you know, as, as it should be, like people are paying for your book. They should be able to write whatever they want about it. But another thing that um, kind of, I kind of realized uh, during the past year was that I had to absolutely pull out of reader spaces because they're not my space anymore. And uh, um, that was hard because I am, I read a lot and I love to read and love to talk about books, especially books that I loved. Like I, I, I just, I could talk about books for hours. And uh, um, so that was, I think, uh, um, it was an adjustment when I like, I sort of had to realize that, 
you know, like writing fan fiction and writing for traditional publishing are two different things. Uh, like the 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 rules, the etiquette, uh, all of this stuff is different, and I had to kind of change my online behavior in a way. Um, uh, so I, I guess that was like 2022 was very much a year of transition for me when in which I realized that I'm not like posting stuff on a 3 anymore. I this now I am, you know, publishing with a publisher and I have to act accordingly. Um, so and and I'm I'm still learning and and growing in that context. Is it weird to have like your name and your face and stuff or just being like kind of anonymous? Well, um, I use a, uh, like my last name, my, yeah. he's not my real last name. So, um, I use a kind of a pen name. Um, the face is a little bit weird, but like, I, I don't like, I, I, I don't know that. I don't know that anyone knows my face. I, I don't know. Like, um, do you get recognized? No, no, it has never happened. <laughs> I think I find it hard to believe somebody has I've gotten recognized by random people here and I don't I'm not I'm not a New York Times bestselling author maybe if they have they just haven't haven't told me I I once recognized an author and went to her just like um I it was Olivia Blake she wrote the Atlas Six and uh, alone with you in the other and I, I saw her and I was like I'm going to say hi and I'm going to fangirl. And I did. <laughs> and I fangirled so hard. <laughs> I don't know. If someone has recognized me, they haven't, they haven't really asked. Um, um, yeah, I don't know if it's weird. It's I think that the thing that got a little bit weird for me was that you become, I wouldn't say you become a public person, but you become you are perceived as someone that people can have opinions on and sometimes they will you know dm you these opinions because they think you're like taylor swift or sometimes they will post those opinions in in your like you're making your instagram post to like you know promote your friend's book and um someone will tell you i don't know i don't like your nails <laughs> and you're like wait but that's not nice and i think that's just kind of a, a different type of like it, it's not something that I would have been used to before, um, so that was that was a little bit weird uh, to me. But again, it's it's just a matter of creating boundaries and uh, you know learn to to kind of act in, in different spaces in a way that is best um, for you. Another writing question uh, from books. Do you work on one book project at a time or do you kind of juggle as, you know, new ideas and deadlines pop up? Um, so I usually, this is what happens usually. I am usually drafting a book. I usually have like in the last couple of years, I've been having deadlines like every six months. So I'm usually drafting a book, but all the other books that I have turned in are probably going to be in production. So for example, right now I am drafting my fifth book, but I have also been editing uh, with my editor. Well, I finished editing with my editor, my, my fourth book and my fourth full length adult romance. And uh, I am sure I'm going to get, you know, copy edits for that. And then I'm going to get, you know, past pages, which is the last round that you do. So there is a bunch of stuff uh, that, you know, a bunch of versions of your book that your book has to go 
through before it gets published. And so I'm probably going to be working on those. But in terms of like creativity and like cre creatively acting, a uh, creatively uh, creating a story, that that is only one book at a time for me. I kind of have to get a little bit obsessed with the characters I'm writing. And like, yeah, I, I need to be a little bit obsessed with them to write them. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like that makes sense. You're devoting so much time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like becoming friends with them a little bit. Mm. That's so cool. Okay, well, if you had one of your characters that you feel like you would be best friends with, if you were like a coworker, or classmate of theirs, like who do you think it would be? B, I would say. Okay. Yeah. I can only see so that they would be like B from Love on the Brain, I, just because she's a neuroscientist uh, and. <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's cool <laughs> um and when you're writing like do you have like a particular soundtrack that you'll kind of like make for each project or like do you have a favorite writing spot or drink like talk a little bit about that so definitely my drink is Diet Sprite. I don't know why or when I became obsessed with Diet Sprite, but it's it's just like, I just drink it so much of it. And uh, it's probably like taking uh, like 10 years off my life, all these Diet Sprite I'm drinking, but I cannot stop. So that is a problem. Um, I have an office in, in my home and I bought this like Ikea chair that's super comfortable <laughs> if anyone wants a recommendation and uh, um, that's that I really love just writing there it's it's my little my little spot my husband jokes a lot that like they're gonna have to like fry me out of there <laughs> and that yeah he he, he makes fun of me a lot for how long I sit in that chair. Um, I I usually like the quiet when I write. Um, I don't really do well with music or backgrounds and stuff, but I will usually have some degree of uh, songs that I'm listening to around the the writing like not what I'm writing but like I'll get obsessed with the songs that I feel like represent what I'm writing usually they are Taylor Swift songs um I I usually have some kind of Taylor Swift <laughs> playlist in mind for for my um my next book that's coming out uh Barnes and Noble uh did like these uh, exclusive edition and they asked if I wanted to you know write essays or um, you know some bonus content and I was like can I write can I pair every chapter of my book to a Taylor Swift song <laughs> and that was the most fun thing I have ever written I love it excited. Oh my God. <laughs> are you going to the Eras tour uh, I have been and uh, which wait, which one did you go to? <laughs> I have been to Las Vegas, the, uh, the first night in Las Vegas. But I, my friend and I, uh, were very financially responsible the other day, and we bought a ticket for LA as well, uh, a very bad ticket. It's like we just want to be there, you know. <laughs> we just want to be be there and 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 see her, and so. Uh, um, I now I look forward to seeing her. It was it's a great concert. It was amazing. Have you been? 
No, I'm going in Minneapolis here. So I'm very excited. It's not till June. It's going to be so good. <laughs> I am so happy for you. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and we talked a little bit about Checkmate, but, you know, can you tell us a little bit about like what fans can expect from Love Theoretically? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love Theoretically is my other book that's coming out that I said. I don't want to talk about because I only want to talk. No, but I I I I like that book too. I promise. Um, Love theoretically is another uh, rom com, and it's set in STEM. This time, this time it's set in uh, in the world of physics. I'm not a physicist, and uh, um, there was a lot of uh, uh, research that went into that. But uh, it's basically the story of. Uh, um, a girl, uh, well, a woman, a young woman who is applying for this job in uh, um, in the physics department at MIT, and she ends up having to interact with um, another physicist who wants to hire someone else. And uh, uh, kind of like the, the fun twist of that is that uh, that physicist who wants to hire someone else is the older brother of a person that she is fake dating. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, the usual shenanigans. It's uh, um, it's a little bit, if you watch The Big Bang Theory or you have watched The Big Bang Theory, um, there is this like rivalry between uh, Sheldon and Leonard because uh, they are both, uh, uh, you know, they're both physicists, but one is an experimentalist and the other one is a theorist. And uh, um, in, in Love Theoretically, Elsie, uh, is a theorist and Jack is an experimentalist. So there is this like weird uh, feud within a field uh, um, that was a lot of fun to write. That's okay. I love a workplace feud. <laughs> Same. I don't know why, but. <laughs> um, another audience member asked, you know, if you can share anything about the upcoming Netflix project. So this thing really slow but I can tell you that I have read the script uh or it's amazing I was so mad because I was like this person has made so many jokes and like created they changed some, some things from the book and like it's so much better than the books and I was so mad I was like how did I not think of this this is so good <laughs> this is so well done um yeah, so I, I can tell you that I read the script and uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I give approval, but I was like, I told them how much I love the script and uh, I, yeah, now, you know, it's one of those things where um, the producers are doing their magic and I, I, I don't know anything, but I, yeah, my main update is the person who wrote the script had so many amazing ideas, so many jokes that I wish I had thought of in for the book and I am so jealous and yeah Wait, that's so exciting oh my God. well coming to a screen near you at some point <laughs> hopefully <laughs> um, let's see we have time for one um well this is a fun one since we love recommendations you know, are there any books or romance movies either way that like you feel like you return to over and over again and why? Yeah, I mean, uh, a big one is Pride and Prejudice uh, 2005. Um, 
the superior Pride and Prejudice, some would say. I actually love all Pride and Prejudice adaptations, but um, yeah, that's just, I don't know. That's my favorite. I watch it. It's funny because my friend uh, Julie and I, actually my friend Julie wrote the book, Forget Me Not, and it's going to be her debut. It's coming out in uh, July with Forever. Again, highly recommended. It's uh, a wedding about... Uh, it, it's a wedding, uh, like a celebrity wedding, and uh, the florist uh, and uh, the wedding planner used to date, but then they broke up and they find themselves uh, having to work together on this celebrity wedding. And the book is amazing, highly recommended. But my friend Julie and I, uh, we travel together a lot. And whenever we are in a hotel room together, we watch we fall asleep watching Pride and Prejudice 2005. Like it's, uh, we have, we have no, I don't know. We reach no point of saturation. Like we always want to watch it more. <laughs> so that's, that's one. Um, what else? I mean, I feel like, uh, um, I want to say everything by Sherry Thomas, like all of her books. I constantly reread them uh she she really is I think one of my favorite authors if not my favorite um uh Nalini Singh is also an author whose books like I've literally reread so she wrote this side changeling series it's like a paranormal um um series that is amazing and it's I think it's like 20 something books and I reread it every once in a while and I'm like you know what I'm going to just take this month to read all of her books. <laughs> and that's another uh, big uh, uh, kind of comfort read for me that I want to go back to a lot. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. We might be coming close to the end here. Do you have any final thoughts or recommendations that you want to share? No oh. Um, oh, okay. Well, I, one recommendation, uh, that was probably my favorite romance that I've read this year. Um, a book, it's actually coming out, I think next month, maybe. Um, it's, uh, um, um, the true love experiment uh, by Christina Lauren. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, if you like romance novels, that romance is uh, it's it's basically the story of uh, um a romance writer who ends up being the protagonist of this dating show in which she is dating all these like romance archetypes it's a very meta book that kind of like makes fun but not makes fun to like you know in a in a bad way like it kind of you know, it really, it really kind of embraces everything that's beautiful and that's weird about the romance genre. And uh, it's such a, it's such a love letter to everything that's romance. Um, and I, I highly recommend that. And I think that's coming out in May, maybe, but I don't know. <laughs> it's very good. Really awesome. Something else to look forward to besides Checkmate and Love Theoretically. <laughs> so I appreciate that recommendation. Um, I think that's all we have time for this evening. But thank you so much, Ali, for 
penciling us into your spring and it's so nice to meet you and just have you here talking to us all hey it was so fun to touch uh, to to, to chat but yeah it was so so fun to chat and uh yeah and thank you for chatting with me have a great night and thank you so much everyone That wraps up our Carver County Library event with Allie Hazelwood. Make sure to catch our next Club Book podcast with Joshua Bennett. Joshua Bennett is a prize-winning poet and spoken word artist. His newest book is Spoken Word, A Cultural History. In it, he tracks the origins and broad impact of a resilient art form that has long centered voices and experiences outside the dominant cultural narrative. Visit us online at clubbook.org for details on past and present seasons, sign up for our e-newsletter, check out our calendar, and so much more. Stay up to date with all of our events at our Clubbook Facebook page. If you're on Twitter, find us using the handle clubbookmn. And if you enjoy these free Clubbook events and podcasts, remember to share them with your friends. They just may too. Thanks again to all those who make Clubbook possible, including Melsa, library strategies in Minnesota's Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Our sponsors include MinPost and Red Balloon Bookshop, where you can purchase all the books featured in Club Book. Finally, a very special thank you to all the libraries hosting events this season. That's it for Club Book, the coolest club in town. We'll see you at the library.